And welcome back to Liberty Sports Fan Podcast. My name is Ethan Bryant alongside Blake Wilkinson again. And Blake is officially going to be joining the team, which is amazing news. Blake last week did an excellent job. Me and Bradley were like, yeah, we want this guy on. And really excited to have Blake a part of the team. Yeah, thanks, Ethan. I'm really excited to join the team. A lot of great things ahead. Yes, sir. we got a lot of great things planned and a lot of great episodes and some fun things. So stay tuned for all that. On Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go check out our Twitter account as well and go check out Blake's Twitter account also. Now, before we get started in today's episode, um, when we talk about New Mexico State, we're going to talk about the Bowling Green game because we need to talk about that game. Final score was 34 to 24. Blake's score predictions again were very right on and also he hit on pretty much all three of the guys he said they were going to break out and they all broke out in that game. Bentley Hinshaw with that touchdown grab, Jerome Jolly with the two interceptions and Kobe with that one interception. How do you feel about that, Blake? Uh, it might have just been luck on my end, but that was a really fun game to watch. Glad that Liberty football is back. And, you know, I'm glad I kind of went three for three on predictions. I think Hanshaw was probably the closest in being a disappointment. But, hey, it's like 8.7 fantasy points if you want to bring that out. But I'm really excited. That was a really fun game. Yeah, that was a very fun game indeed. And, you know, you got the pleasure of sitting in the student section. I was sitting up in one of the boxes, but no it doesn't deal. matter. That is that doesn't matter. But uh, anyways, going on now to a quick recap of the game. What are your thoughts initially on that game? Well, obviously, it's great to start the year with a win. I thought there was a lot of highs, a lot of lows. I think the offense looked good at times, but it also looked kind of bad. The run game was dominant, which is something I think we thought of going into it. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. There's only 143 passing yards, but two touchdowns from it. I think the offensive line kind of struggled in pass protection. Run blocking looked good. Salter just kind of didn't have enough time to throw. He's forced to scramble. Beyond that, I think this running back core is deep, and I think they're going to carry this team offensively. What do you think? Yeah, I think that you are you hit it right on the money. I mean, like this running back core we talked about even before the Bowling Green game on that preview that, I mean, they, they, they're, they're, it's going to be good. And it was very good. Von Blue showed out. You know, you have Quentin Cooley also. And then you also, um, you know, James Joyner didn't play, but, Billy Lucas played too. All the running backs look good. We have a great running back core, which we expected going into the season. Caden Salter looked like he was a much, I mean, he was a much improved quarterback. Leading our team in passing yards, I think he had 143 rushing yards. He had like 98 rushing yards. So shout out to Caden Salter. He's come a long way. And I, you know, I kind of expected him hopefully to develop. And it looked like he developed a lot this offseason. I still think he needs to work on a few, um, you know, minor things. But other than that, I think that we have a very strong running back core. The offensive line's decent, and then the wide receiver core is probably our weakest part of our offense, but hopefully that improves. Trayon Sibley had a pretty decent game. Other than that, I mean, the wide receiver core, we kind of expected it's banged up. It wasn't going to be that great, but uh, the defense, the defense was pretty good at times, but I think we uh, we struggled a lot too. But I don't know if you have anything else to add to that, but um, yeah. Yeah, on the defense, I mean, Bradside, five interceptions, Connor Bazelak kind of look pretty bad but I don't know if that's kind of week one where you're just seeing a quarterback for the first time seeing a defense for the first time but obviously as we mentioned Jerome Jolly had two picks Kobe Singleton had a pick six Quentin Reese had a pick Brylon Green had a pick and then a highlight that I saw is Chris Bodie who's stepping in for Kendy Charles one and a half sacks two and a half mm-hmm. tackles for loss that's a bright side on the defense I think they could probably improve on like run containment on the outside but beyond that they look pretty good mm-hmm. in pass coverage so do you have any more thoughts on the defense I mean, none of that except to clean up some of the coverages. There were some missed coverages, you know, the fourth and sixth coverage that was blown. 
I think that will, you know, improve with time. And then you look at that, you know, this is on the field goal team, especially when that blocked field goal kick. Final score was 34 to 24. I do kind of, you know, I think we both kind of expected that it was going to be kind of a close game going into it. It's Jamie Chadwell's first, you know, time as a head coach with a new team. I mean, like his first, you know, his first game as a new, like a head coach with a new team. So obviously there's going to be some, you know, some minor issues going into that. And there was, so other than that, I think we played up to our expectations and I think we're going to continue to get better throughout the year. I'd agree. I have one other point in the special teams game. It's where is Nick Brown? He was not the kicker on Saturday. I don't know where he's at, but we'd like to have him back. And the kickoff unit was a bright side. I thought, I feel like the return game was good. And obviously we had that one little pooch kick, squib kick that kind of went in between fielders and it ended up going down to the one yard line and forced a pick. So that's a highlight that I see and I'd like to see him keep doing it. That's, that's it on my end. Yeah, I think that's going to be it for the Bowling Green preview. We kind of want to keep it short and not go super overboard on it because there is probably a little bit more to talk about. But other than that, moving on now to the Mexico State preview. How did the Flames beat this team this year? If you guys remember last season, New Mexico State came into the one of the final games of the year for the Flames, and they won 49-14. to 14. It was Hugh Freeze's last game as head coach for the Flames. And, that, and before that game, the whole Auburn news broke out, and I think the players just didn't want to show up for that game. And they didn't want to play for their coach, who obviously was planning on leaving them anyways. So I don't blame it on the players a whole lot. But um, what do you think about this game, Blake? you think it's going to look a lot different than last year? Or are you kind of concerned? I do think it's a lot different. Obviously, you had a team last year fighting for a bowl game in New Mexico State and a team playing on Liberty who didn't have their head coach. But this year, I really like Liberty. I, New Mexico State, you know, I thought they were going to be really good coming into this year. And they lose a UMass. They did do a little better against Western uh, Illinois, but that's an FCS team. But I have one key for this game, and that's to win the turnover battle. So far this year, New Mexico State is minus three. They have yet to force a turnover, and they have thrown three picks. So that is my like big key for this game. You have to win the turnover battle to beat this team. Yeah, you definitely want to. You definitely want to win the turnover battle in that in that regard. I think for me, Diego Pavia is going to be the guy that Liberty needs to stop because last year this guy had a phenomenal game. If they can contain Diego, which he hasn't really had the best year so far, I think the Flames are going to be in good shape. And other than that, you have the leading rusher on the team for New Mexico State and star Thomas. If they can contain him, you know, not let him get it to the outside, I think the Flames are going to be just fine. But other than that, I do think um, I can expect this game that Caden Salter, I think, is going to be much improved in the passing game. Look for Liberty's passing game to be more improved. And I also think the running back core, which is our, which is already great, the running game that we have. So, you know, more option plays are going to be in this game. But uh, what else do you have to add to that? All right. So I bring some numbers because that's kind of what I'm good at here. So through two games, New Mexico State has averaged 44 points. And in those two games, they've averaged 560 yards, 314 passing yards, 246 rushing yards. Now, obviously, Liberty's not going to give up 560 yards. But this team is two-dimensional. They can run it and they can throw it. But I think they are going to win the game by running it. And then if you look at their defense, they have allowed 31 points per game this year, an average of 333 and a half yards, 217 of which are in the air, and 116 on the ground. So this team can stop the run a little better than they can stop the pass. So looking at Caden Salter to throw the ball, I really am high on the tight end group this week. I'd love to see Hanshaw. I'd love to see Henderson get involved a little more. And I think that is a key to winning the game. Yeah, definitely is a big key. And I think the Flames are going to end up winning this game and that leads us into kind of the next point is what is your score prediction, Blake? You were kind of right on the money last week, just a few points off. But 
What is your score prediction this week? This week, I had the score being 35 to 24 Liberty. I think I projected a 13 point win last week, and this one I think will be a little bit closer. I have a 35 24, and that's kind of because I think they have a good offense and a good defense that can compete. But I think Liberty's just a bit better. What's your prediction, Ethan? Yeah, I think that um, it's going to be kind of the closer, kind of in that same regard. I have 42 to 24. Liberty covering the spread. The spread right now is at a 10 and a half. I look for that spread to probably increase by the time that Saturday comes around. Um, you know, Liberty 10 and a half point favorite right now. New Mexico State, they struggled against, they lost to UMass, obviously, struggled against Western Illinois in the first half. They they ended up winning the second half by a large margin. But this New Mexico State team, man, I, I just don't know what it is because I was high on them too coming in this year. And it just looks like they, kind of failed expectations, you know, didn't lead up to the expectations I had for them. Maybe it's because that they, you know, maybe were struggling to get to a bowl game last year because they were, they were fighting for a bowl spot. And then, you know, they beat Valpo. They had to schedule Valpo at the end of the year to even get to a bowl game. And, you know, I think it was kind of fluky for the most part. So what do you think about, about it being kind of fluky, making it to a bowl game? I think that team was deserving of a bowl game. And I think they're probably going to get to one this year. But I think that this team is just lacking defensively from what we kind of projected going into this year. I mean, you see the yards, their yards are kind of on pace, but this team has allowed a lot of points. You allowed 41 to UMass. They ran the ball all over New Mexico State. Like last year, this team allowed 24 points per game, which was best for or which was good for 47th in the country. This year, 31 points per game. That's putting them in the high 90s. So that's something that's disappointing. Yeah. And this defense just isn't forcing turnovers. And that's something Liberty has did well last week. They did not turn the ball over. I guess if you count the block punt, you could call that. Mm -hmm. But they didn't have a turnover. And New Mexico State will turn the ball over. So it goes back to what I first said about the turnover margin. But their defense is disappointing in forcing turnovers as they just haven't gotten any. Yeah, definitely disappointing in that regard. You know, maybe they make a bowl game this year or not. And kind of thinking, you know, they they do play an extra game, which is kind of funny. They play 13 games. So they, they they might end up getting into a bowl game. I could see it happening. Five or six wins for that team. Jerry Kill is a solid head coach. If you remember him, former Minnesota head coach. He's a solid head coach. But looking at Liberty's capacity last week, we had 18,811. I will say this, though. I was a little bit disappointed in Flames Nation last week. And here's the only thing. When I'm sitting on the side with, you know, the press boxes and stuff, and you have, you know, seeing the fans at kind of that side, I kind of got a firsthand look that – the, the student section side and the regular fan side are completely different. I don't know if you feel the same way, Blake, but I definitely do. Uh, that you see the student section side all into it, and then you see the other side with kind of non-students that's definitely not as into it. Yeah, obviously it's a different perspective because I, you know, am not in the rich people seats. But uh, the student <laughs> section was great on Saturday. That's something that I hope that can stay the entire year. But I look across and looking at the home side. I mean, the lower bowl was fine, but the fans really didn't get into it that much. I was kind of disappointed when I saw pictures of the upper deck on the student section side. There is no yeah. one there. I just wish we could draw more people out. I understand it's what well, it's probably 90 degrees, an early morning game, if you can call it morning. Mm-hmm. That's probably not the most ideal time for a game, but, you know, 6 o'clock this Saturday, Flames Nation needs to come out, support the guys, and get loud. I mean, that, the stadium is kind of quiet on Saturday. We can do better. I totally agree with that. We can definitely do better. Um, we were at 75% capacity for the Bowling Green game. Do you think that's going to increase or decrease this week? Unfortunately, I think it decreases. At least looking through Ticketmaster, I see more seats available now than I did at this time last week. You know, I hope the student section fills up again, but 
you know, I think it's kind of the first game. Students want to get there, but my prediction, I have 17,200 people out of 25,000. I don't know if you have a, a projection or thoughts on it. Well, it's kind of funny you said that, but um, mine's going to drop a little bit. 18,811 was the Bowling Green game. I have 17,700 fans showing up to this game. So I also do agree with you. I kind of looked at it before we came on tonight and kind of looked at Ticketmaster and other places with selling tickets. And tickets were definitely down, which is unfortunate. I also do think students, it's going to drop a little bit. And the reason why I think it's going to drop is because you have the first game hype and then the other students that aren't as into football just to experience that college game are not going to show up. So I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong, but I definitely think attendance is going to drop a slight bit. Yeah, I agree, unfortunately. Hopefully the students come out. Hopefully the fans come out, support the team. Got a really good team, so got to come get it. Come see the game. Definitely got to come see the game, but let's just talk real quick about how do the Flames win? How do the Flames win this game? What is the most important factor that they have to get into to winning this game? I have three things. I've already mentioned one about 20 times. Win the turnover battle because this team will turn the ball over and you have to capitalize on their mistakes. You have to win the time of possession. This team likes to eat up clock. So if you eat up more yes. clock, you're going to win the game. And lastly, it's play smart football. UMass was surprisingly rarely penalized, but that's a team that can be dangerous if you do the same. So do you have any thoughts or uh, keys of how we can win? I do agree with you, though, on a lot of what you said. Time of possession is a big deal. Liberty won the time of possession last week with about 32 minutes to uh, – Bowling Green's, I think, like 27 minutes. So Liberty won the time of possession there, uh, which was great. I do think we need to win a time of possession. I also do think that we need to control and stop the run. We need to make this a one-dimensional football team on the offensive side of the ball. Make Diego Pavia beat you through the air. If we can do that this week, I think the Flames are going to win, and I think they could blow out New Mexico State. Make make this team a one-dimensional football team. Get them on third and longs, and I think we're going to win. I agree. And one little point there is to contain Diego Pavia. When he's under pressure, he's going to scramble. If you can keep him in the pocket, he's going to be forced to make a mistake. And if he makes a mistake, we got a good secondary. So interceptions might happen. Definitely do. I think we could look this week also to see improvement in Jerome Jolly. And he's kind of, you know, stepped up huge. You, you know, he was a breakout player. And I think this week he could even have an even better game than he did last week. Jerome Jolly, I don't know what you think, but he's definitely developing into an NFL-caliber linebacker. How do you feel about that statement? I think he could get there. He's a really talented guy. I think there's two really talented guys in the linebacker court, the other being Tyron Dupree. I think both of them are going to have a really big game against kind of this outside zone running team and then short pass team. That's kind of just a perfect scenario for these two guys, and I think the linebacker core is going to have a really good week. These are both guys who are really talented, and as you said, have probably NFL potential as long as Chadwell and staff can get them in the right position. And, and, and also, like you know, you said, the short pass game, you know, and we're going to have to see this week, they're going to ha probably have to throw the ball deep at times. You look at our secondary with Brylin Green in the back, also Kobe Singleton, Quentin Reese. We have a really solid secondary. I know they made a few mistakes last week, but for the most part, five interceptions. I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. That's a yeah. ridiculous amount of interceptions. So, they're going to, you know, make Diego Pavia beat you through the long game, throwing the long ball, and I think that we're going to be able to, to beat him this week. I'm not really concerned about us losing. I don't know if you are, Blake, but I think we'll get the dub this week. I mean, I agree with you. I think we win, but I think New Mexico State is a better team than Bowling Green this year. So that's something to look out for, but this team's hungry for revenge. I don't know if you saw the interview with Kobe Singleton. He said this game was personal for him. 
Obviously, New Mexico State coming in, beating us by, what, like 35, if I can do the math right? So that's something that Liberty's going to be playing for. They have a passion. They want to come back, and they want to get their revenge. So I think that's something that's going to really help Liberty face, I think, a better team than Bowling Green. But I think they come out with the win pretty easily. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. And you talk about the leader of this Liberty Flames on the offensive side, Caden Salter. How do you how, how do you think his performance is going to come into this second week? He had a pretty solid performance in week one. And how do you see him performing in week two? You know, I kind of want to see him being a little more efficient in the passing game, but I kind of also want to see the offensive line protect him a little better. We don't need him running around because he might get hurt again. I mean, he was hurt last year, missed a couple of games. That's something that's not ideal for us. But Caden Salter, I think he can step up because I think the offensive line is going to gain some more confidence. I think he's going to gain some more confidence. I hope that this wide receiver tight end court can also get some more confidence and that he can just sit back and make smart reads and good throws and not have to put his body on the line. Do you have any more thoughts on Caden Salter for this week? I agree. I also I also do want to see Caden Salter throw the ball deep because I do believe he has that uh, the ability to throw the ball deep, and I want to see him throw some deep balls to some of those re- receivers like Smoot, Trayon Sibley. Let's see him. Come on, Chadwell. Let him out there. Let's just – you know, I, I love the RPOs. I love what we're doing there. But, you know, I want to see Caden Salter. I want to see that arm. I don't know what you think about that, but I definitely want to see it. Oh, yeah, he has a cannon. The ball comes out of his hand just perfectly. I love to see it. I want to see it more. But, obviously, if we have a game plan and it's running the triple option or whatever, RPOs, whatever's going to win us a football game, I'm happy with. But, obviously, you and I, we're kind of biased. We want to see him sling the ball. We definitely do. Definitely do. Um, moving on now to one of the most interesting things – to talk about here on the podcast is our weekly power rankings. I asked Bradley and Blake to give me their rankings of all of the conference USA teams head in this week. And here's how the rankings turned out. Western Kentucky came in first place with me, Bradley and Blake, all deciding that Western Kentucky is the best team. Liberty comes in at second, Jacksonville state at third, Louisiana tech in fourth, New Mexico state in fifth, middle Tennessee state in sixth, UTEP in seventh, Sam Houston in eighth and an FIU in ninth. That was the rankings. I don't know if you're surprised about that or not, Blake. That's the first you're hearing of it, but those were the rankings. Yeah, I like it. I think our personal ballots are different in a way, but we agree with one and two, and I think that's the most important. I think I'm a little higher on Louisiana Tech than some people are, and I think I'm a little higher on New Mexico State than some people are, and I'm a little bit lower on like Sam Houston State. I know you and Bradley were probably high on their performance, saying that they held BYU to 14 points, which is – rather surprising on my end but i think that's a really good ranking mm-hmm. and obviously we'll see a change a little more week by week yeah definitely got to see a change and talking about this week week number two in the conference usa uh it's time for our predictions conference usa week two we have utep and northwestern the most interesting part about this blake is that utep comes in at a one and a half point favorite on the road against the northwestern team is in the big 10 yeah that's that's something that I don't know if I agree with. Obviously, Vegas is a little smarter than I am, but I have Northwestern winning that game by the score of 17-10. Do you have a score prediction? I don't have a score prediction, but I do think Northwestern is going to win this game. I think they're going to win by at least two touchdowns. I see where you're coming from. Do you have any idea what the total is for that game? I don't know what the total is of that game. I don't have it pulled up right now what the over-under is. Let me see what I can find. Over-under is 38-and-a-half right now. So 38 and a half on UTEP Northwestern, which is kind of funny to look at because Northwestern does not score the ball a lot and they aren't a really talented team. If you're looking at it, Northwestern, you know, they have the transfer quarterback and Ben Bryant coming over from Cincinnati. 
but um, I, I do think that UTEP's going to end up losing this game. Moving yeah. on now to the next game, we have North Texas and FIU. North Texas starts off the season 0-1. FIU's 1-1. FIU last week almost got upset to Maine. So kind of expected that, but Maine ended up losing that game. FIU barely won. It was a pitiful performance by FIU. One of the worst teams in college football, it looks like, unfortunately. Uh, but what do you think this game is going to look like and who's going to win? I think this could be – it could be a slaughter. I don't see it entirely that bad, but I think Northwest – or North Texas, excuse me, wins by the score of 34-14. to 14. FIU's offense is just non-existent, and North Texas is kind of in a rebuilding year where they're a lot better of a program. Who do you have winning this game? I have North Texas winning this game. They got a new head coach. I do like North Texas a lot. But um, the over-under of this game is 52 points. So it looks like Vegas is thinking that they're going to put up a lot of points this game. And it seems like to me they think North Texas is going to put up a lot of points and FIU will not. But you look also, the crazy thing about this ESPN matchup predictor has FIU at a 52% chance at winning. No, it doesn't mean anything, but it seems like ESPN, the FPI, is kind of favoring FIU. I don't know what you think about that, Blake. You know, that's the first time I've heard of that. Sometimes analytics can be really smart, but I think college sports are the one time where it's not. I don't think I don't think FIU really even has a chance in this game. So I think those are that's an interesting perspective by the analytics and the FPI. Yeah, very interesting to say the least. Now moving on, the next game we got Jacksonville State and Rich Rodriguez taking on Coastal Carolina, led by quarterback Grayson McCall and head coach Tim Beck. So what do you think this game's gonna look like and uh, who do you think is gonna win? You know, this is going to be a fun game to watch. I think this is both of our game of the weeks for this conference slate. But I have Coastal Carolina winning. They're obviously the better team, even without Coach Chadwell. But I, I think Jacksonville State's going to get their uh, first loss as an FBS program. I have Coastal winning 34-24 to in a kind of a high-scoring game. Yeah, you got Coastal Carolina winning that game. But I'll tell you what, I have Jacksonville State and Rich Rodriguez with the upset. I got Jacksonville State upsetting Coastal Carolina on the road I think I got a low-scoring game, a defensive battle on this one. Jacksonville State's got a pretty good defense. I think Jacksonville State wins this game, and they can contain Grayson McCall for the most part. But uh, that might be a hot take, but I got Jacksonville State winning this game on upset. Yeah, you know, I think you're going to be wrong, Ethan. I really do. I think Coastal is a lot better of a team. I think they probably could have had a better performance against UCLA than they did, and I think Jacksonville State is kind of kind of lucky with their two wins. I guess I guess just the first one. But, yeah, I think Coastal wins this game pretty handily. All right, that's something we definitely disagree on. I have to wait and see, look at our next week predictions. But uh, Northwestern State, an FCS school taking on Louisiana Tech is the next matchup. Uh, do you think Louisiana Tech is going to win this game pretty easily? Yeah, I had the score 52-10 in favor of Louisiana Tech. I really like their offense. And then in-state, I guess you'd call it rivalry with uh, Northwestern State. So uh, how badly do you have Louisiana Tech winning by? I think Louisiana Tech is going to win by at least five touchdowns. I mean, this game should not be close. Northwestern State's not one of the better FCS teams, to put it nicely. So I think that Louisiana Tech wins this game pretty easily. I agree. Now, Middle Tennessee State, they got absolutely clobbered to Alabama last week, as expected. Jalen Milrow was slinging that ball against Middle Tennessee State. And then they now have to face another SEC foe in Missouri. And Missouri right now is sitting at a 20 Point five favorite over Middle Tennessee State. Do you think Middle Tennessee State has a chance at all to play with Mizzou? I mean, they could. I think that they're kind of a little bit inexperienced, so I don't think so. I have Missouri winning this game 42-17. Missouri's got a good team this year. 
and I'd be interested to see how they perform against Middle Tennessee State. I don't think it's going to be as bad as the Alabama game was for MTSU, but I still think that they are going to get clobbered, and I think Missouri covers here. What about you? Yeah, I think Missouri's going to win this game. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be close. Middle Tennessee State, they're a good team. I, I did think, though, they're a little bit overrated in the Conference USA coming into this season. I mean, they're they're decent, but, I mean, they're a little bit overrated, in my opinion. Uh, but, yeah, I think we both agree that Missouri is going to win this game. Now, moving on to the next game, we have Houston Christian taking on Western Kentucky. Who's going to win this game? I think Western Kentucky wins by 38. Houston Christian is a not-so-good FCS team. Shout-out Bailey Zappi, former, at the time, Houston Baptist, now Houston Christian quarterback. Um, I guess this is entirely the Bailey Zappi Bowl because he was a Western Kentucky quarterback too. But, yeah, I Western Kentucky <laughs> wins this game by 38. Yeah, Western Kentucky is going to win. I think we both agree. Austin Reed um, last week threw for 336 yards for two touchdowns, 29 for 50. So, I, I like I know we're we're looking way forward to that West Kentucky preview, but I'm a little bit concerned. Austin Reed can sling that ball. He's a he's a really solid quarterback with NFL potential, but West Kentucky's going to win. I don't know if you have anything else to add to that. I don't. It's going to be a it's going to be a slaughtering. Yeah, moving on to the next game, the last game of the Conference USA slate in Week Two, we have Air Force taking on Sam Houston. Who's going to win this game and why? Give me the Falcons of Air Force. This team is a really good Mountain West team this year. Sam Houston State, I'm not high in their offense. I think they're the worst of the two FCS call-ups. I think Air Force wins this game 24-7. That triple option is lethal, and I don't think Sam Houston's ready for it. So what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, 13 and a half points is right now the spread. I think that Air Force is probably going to end up winning by like 24 points in this game. Uh, I think Air Force is going to win. Sam Houston, they, you know, they seems like they have a good defense, but we talked about it earlier today. We're like, you know, you said BYU, maybe not as good of a team as some people think they are. So I think that could be a lot of factors into it. You know, Jaron Hall for and BYU. So uh, we have to wait and see, though. I think Air Force is going to win. The triple option is definitely lethal. And that's going to be the end of the episode. I hope you guys have a fantastic day and we'll see you guys in the next one.